This is Latour Live with Dave Latour on News Radio WHP 580. Parksy, we have breaking news. Just cut the song. We'll have to cut my favorite song. Hit it. Breaking news, Parks. Breaking news on Latour Live. Can you do the world exclusive one too? Don't we have a world exclusive one? America held hostage. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. We're about to be. Yeah, absolutely. So, the world is insane. Uh, Welcome in, Latour Live, episode 199. This is 199. That's amazing. Right? Right? And we're in studio. Joining me at the, in the same studio right now, all together, and we're not masked. Just FYI. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. Michael Parks, Adam Klein, Scott Paterno, myself. Welcome, guys. Welcome in, episode 199. Thank you, Dave. Well, I, I think it's a good guys. time to say that I'm not vaccinated. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be attending any events this die. weekend. <laughs> That's right. We'll just say it's the Australian Open. That's right. <laughs> he was here to play tennis. We're going to play this for the uh, 700th episode, and we're going to look back and go, remember we were joking about, and then we all got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I am vaccinated, just to be sure. <laughs> yeah, we're all vaccinated. Okay. Hey, so... Uh, Breaking news, Justice, Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer, who was actually pestered by liberal groups earlier this year, harassing him to retire, just announced today he's retiring. Uh, I'll go to you guys real quick for your thoughts. Scott, you're a uh, Supreme Court scholar. What are your initial impressions? Yeah, it's it's obviously going to be a really tumultuous uh, you know, process for whoever they pick up. And it's it's going to suck. Mm. Yeah, but, you know, the interesting question is going to be, and I think this will come down to how serious maybe Manchin or Cinema become in, in this particular instance, you know, whether or not they can force a more compromised pick. I don't think you can. I think that you'll end up with a very liberal justice, and that'll be a win for, you know, I, I mean, I should say a win, but it'll be something that the, the left will be very happy they got while Biden was in office. It's and it's a net zero game, right? I right. mean, we're replacing a liberal uh, uh, justice with a liberal justice, correct? Yeah, um, I, I agree. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think it's going to change the ideological makeup of the court. Um, I will say to President Biden, I, I am available uh, to serve. <laughs> I've always respected you, President Biden. Never said a bad word about you. As I'm, de- I'm deleting my Twitter account now as we talk. <laughs> but seriously, it'll be it'll be a liberal, and and I think he made a campaign promise to uh, appoint a woman of color. So um, that'll be the first, and uh, so I don't think it's going to change a whole lot of the, what's going on right now. Yeah, and I don't mind. Like, if if the best person for the job is a woman of color, right. then that's who I want. But I, to set that criteria before every you time he has to make a monumental yeah. pick, he's like, "I'm going to do a woman of color," and and I, I'm with you. I'm okay with that if that's the best person to serve on the Supreme Court of the United States of America, arguably the most important judicial body on the planet. I mean, let's yeah. let's talk about that. So, Scott, how many justices on the Supreme Court? Right now, nine, but they're looking to go to 13. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. So you've got nine people on the most important judicial body on the planet, and we're setting criteria based on sex and uh, ethnicity. And it's like, what are we thinking here? The best people. I don't care what that person looks like. I could care less as long as they are the best person to solve or to handle some of our, not to solve, to handle some of our greatest judicial issues, Scott. No, it's 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 the Condoleezza, Condoleezza Rice model. Right. Find me the best person for the job. She happened to be a woman of color. Right. You can't tell me she wasn't the best person for those jobs. Right. She was amazing. And I think that's the you know the, the, the scary part about it is 
if you extrapolate this out, if you're able to pick somebody based on race and color, I mean race and, and gender, right? What's to say the next guy doesn't go? I want a white male. I'm going to throw white something. Males are under, uh, underrepresented. I'm going to throw something at you guys right now. I think I have his pick, and it solves a lot of his problems. Oh no, <laughs> no, 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 no! Vice President yeah. Kamala Harris <laughs> nominated to the Supreme Court bench. She can't say no to the president. He can't do it, and then he can bring in Mayor Pete as his veep. Yeah, and if it's a 50-50 but, but tie in the Senate, she can everything. confirm herself. He, he can't, yeah. No, but he can't do it because the problem is Why? literally a week ago that got leaked that that was the way that the Biden administration was going to try to dump her off the ticket was to appoint her to the Supreme so Court. So what? So what if it got leaked? No, no. The Kamala, the, the Harris people came out very unhappy that that was even out there. So I think <laughs> it would run the risk of backfiring on him. Now, don't get It'll me wrong. backfire on her if she would say no to a Supreme right. Court well, Justice well, nomination. Uh, it, would ruin, it would ruin her career. It would, there would be no career. I mean, a lifetime of sitting on the Supreme uh, Court. She of would the never United turn States, that down. You can't turn that God, down I'm if you were her. Me. Wait a second. You guys are also forgetting the fact that she has a decent probability of being president if she does nothing. Yeah. There is a look, decent. Did you see him at that? Pre- that, that <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not making fun of him. I'm, look, yeah. I said to my wife, and I tweeted this out, and I meant it. Had he angrily said, "Stupid sob." Right. I'd have been fine with it because, okay, fine. I heard Bush say that guy was a right, you know, right, that, whatever thing. It's the way that he almost distractedly didn't realize he was saying it, muttered it to himself. Right, like, yeah. And, and looked like so blank. And I, I said, that, I'm like, that's just an old grumpy guy. Right. Not being able to control, you know, his, his impulse on what to say. That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. That is a deteriorating. By the way, you know, it's kind of like me producing the Latour show when I say that. <laughs> <laughs> what a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> By the way, you raise a really good point. You know, a lot of presidents have done this. The difference was in the past when Trump did it, cable news acted like it was the end of end of the republic. It was the end of the United States of America. We are intimidating the media. Blah 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 blah. Biden called uh, Ducey and apologized. Ducey accepted the apology. Let's move on. You know, right. let's move on. And so, you know, we're, we're okay. We're all big boys. But what we, but what we hit on is the liberal media now saying it's no big deal that Biden said that when Trump called, uh, Chuck Todd an SOB, a lazy SOB, it was the end of the world. Right, the and end I of think that's what we're talking about. The free press. Yeah, it, it was to me it was the reaction, like you said, it wasn't so much what he said, which you know, presidents shouldn't talk that way no matter who it is, I guess. Right. But yeah, it was kind of funny and, and but the, the reaction from the media was the problem in my right. mind. Well, with with one exception, the, the perfect reaction was Deucey's. Right. Yeah, he yeah, laughed yeah, it yeah. off. He laughed he laughed the whole thing off. He got, and I actually think uh he went on the five just after that happened, and one of the folks on the five said, uh, "You know, I believe he does have scientific backing to make that claim about Tuesday. <laughs> you know, he just joke it all off and have some fun with it." And but he didn't see- even hear it. Right, right. He didn't. He, he didn't, didn't hear it because another he reporter called him. And he goes, "Did he call me an sob?" She goes, "No, he called you a something." <laughs> well, no, but he, and what's funny is when he got asked that question about whether or not you know what, the scientific, he goes, "I think they fact checked it. and There was no, no, no." <laughs> that's <laughs> right. That's right. And, and was, but, but again, yeah, Acosta would be having a telethon right now. Yeah, it's so you true. Know, I mean, so it's the the thing that drives me nuts right. is we've made the media now. The media people now see that as I have to keep myself in front of the mic. Right. And in front of the story, even and become the story in order to be relevant. 
I totally agree. Hey, something else we agree on, Scott, is uh, the NFL overtime rules. Don't shouldn't both offenses get one shot at the ball? You're bit, you, you and I agree on this, right? No, <laughs> <laughs> I literally I couldn't said tell they from have your... a defense. <laughs> you know, they have a defense. Look, I, I don't have a problem if they want to change the rule for the playoffs so that each team gets the ball. But right. let's be let's be clear. They both had a shot. We're talking about game. we're talking about Chiefs right. and Bills, which yeah. is one of the most fun games. Everybody throws out the word greatest, and I think it's always an immediate reaction. That was a really fun game. One of the greatest playoff games I've ever watched. I don't know if it's the greatest, but one of the greatest. It's going to be tough to top that yeah. uh, Bills comeback. No, I think you got to you, you do have to let the dust settle before we come up with the greatest. But I watched it. I, I was just enthralled by it. And, right. You know, I think there's a stat that Mahomes had 177 passing yards after the two minute warning. Right, I mean, that's just right, right. it's just mind blowing. And you see right. these two great quarterbacks just trading blows. And and I I'm sort of I guess I'll be in the middle on this one. I mean I hear what you're saying, Dave. Everyone should get a chance. Either both sides should get a chance on offense because both defenses were completely gassed. But I think you we, know. I think we could agree on this. I think the three of us can you know because we're educated men and we don't mind meeting in the middle on <laughs> issues. Fact check that. <laughs> I am not saying I am not concerned about what's fair. I'm concerned about what's fair to the fan. And having fun in the That's entertainment. Fair. And I think we can all agree we would have loved to have seen Josh Allen have the ball one more time to see what would happen. We, we'd still, we, we wouldn't be here. They, yeah, they'd still yeah, be going back and forth. Because if you're going to do it where you have yeah, to have yeah, it, yeah. It, you know, it was an incredibly fun game. It was incredibly interesting to see right. how those guys played it. As a Steeler fan, I thought to myself, we are so far away. I, like literally, yeah. like, you know, we are at a different. If this is where football is going, no defense. You know, you can score forty points in the last eight minutes of the game and go to OT. Right. We can't keep up with that. You know, uh, real quick on the Steelers, and I know you're an Eagles fan, Alex. Right. You can sit this one out. You guys are screwed. <laughs> um, Scott, you and I also agree that Mike Tomlin's an awful head coach no. and that he should be changed. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but off season, they clearly had a purpose in clearing so much cap space. They are second in the league in the amount of cap space. I do not believe, and you know, I joke about Mason Rudolph and everything, and that's great, and I think he's a decent quarterback. They did not clear all that space to win someday. They cleared all that space to win next year, and I don't think Tomlin's patient. And I could see this team. They're a couple pieces away. There's no doubt about it. But with all that cap space and and smart capology you can bring in a quarterback a couple other pieces in free agency fill in some spots in the draft you can be in the position to win next year if that's your strategy it can happen well and certainly when you consider they've got tj and you know, right Minka, so you've got you've, and, and you got, you know uh, cam hayward and uh, you know, hopefully to it comes back but right look i, I think the the problem is I, what people are convincing themselves is they cleared that space to get aaron Rodgers or russell wilson and i'm telling you right now neither one of those two guys is coming to wait and see if we can build a line around them. Right. Those two guys are late enough in their career, they're going to a place where there's an offensive line in place, and they don't have to worry about that stuff. We also cleared out some of the cap space because you got to re-sign Deontay. Uh, if you want to keep the wide receiver core and, and right. intact, you're going to lose Juju most likely. It sounds like the KC, which... Yeah. yeah. So what? The rich get richer. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but at the same time, I think yeah, I think you're looking at a quarterback that is sort of a, a an interim guy that has some experience, you know, See, I don't agree with you. I think they're going to go big, but they're going to have to sell those guys on how they're rebuilding the line. 
You know better than anybody about recruiting college kids. Like, okay, you're a five-star quarterback. Here's what we're putting in place for you. I think they're going to have to present a plan for something like that to happen. And I will tell you that if I were to put money on it, they will not sign a big free agent like the top two or three free agent quarterbacks only because the way the Steelers are looking at this now, I believe, in a historic perspective. Rebuild your lines. Rebuild your defense. You've got two quarterbacks right now you think can game manage for a year. Right. There's not a number one pick quarterback in this draft. There's not a, like I look Kenny Pickett. He's a great kid and everything else. He's not I agree. A I agree. With I completely agree with you. And if I'm wrong in five years and you guys want to throw it in my face, I'll say hail the pit or something like that. No, I, no, I agree but, with you. But, but at the end of the day, I think that's, I, I think that's the Steelers are smart, generally speaking, with the caps. And we always, we, we usually do not sign a guy. Right. Who's past, whose time is up. I really think though, with all this space that I, I just, it shocked me. To think that T.J. Watt's already been in the league five years. He's got a shelf life like everybody else. And I just think that they're going to go for it next year in ways that we haven't seen. But that doesn't mean if they want Aaron Rodgers or uh, Russell Wilson, it doesn't mean they're going to get a deal. They might no. want him, but it doesn't mean it's going to work out. Can I ask Adam a football question? No. <laughs> Are you guys going to sign, uh, what's his name, out of uh, Houston, Watson? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't take I'll him have... with that baggage. All I know is right, the, the, the Eagles will win a Super Bowl before the Steelers. You're insane. I'll take that, <laughs> I'll take that bet. All right, hey, gang, uh, Latour Live, episode 199. We'll be right back here at WHP Hey gang, welcome back in here. Uh, guys, one of the things I wanted to talk about uh, was, or is, kind of was, Saturday Night Live and how awful Saturday Night Live is. And there's a little bit of a kerfluffle this week because Laura Ingram made fun of Kate McKinnon imitating her on Saturday Night Live. And it got me to think about how how mean-spirited Saturday Night Live has become about everything and anything Republican, and they didn't used to be that way. So I wanted to play this for you. They used to go at Democrats, too, Mm -hmm. but everything was fun, and everything was lighthearted. And one of the best skits or bits I ever saw was was Dukakis After Dark, when (laughs) it's basically a skit, John Lovitz played Dukakis, and he's like, I've got no chance to beat George H.W. Bush. I, I paid for this months ago when I thought I could win it, but I can't. So we might as well have a party. And what's great there is, 
You've got the great late Phil Hartman playing incredibly drunk Teddy Kennedy hitting on Kitty Dukakis the entire time. You've got young Dana Carvey playing Jimmy Carter. You got another guy playing Lloyd Benson. I mean, it was just fantastic. So I just wanted to run a small clip about it. And what's interesting here is SNL lays out in this 45 second clip everything that was wrong with Dukakis's campaign. And it sounds very familiar to today. That's why I wanted to play this for you. So go ahead. Well, uh, thanks for coming to the party. Sounds just like Dukakis. That just about does it for the campaign. You know, I I think the one thing that... uh, Pause there. ...really hurt us is the fact... Pause there. He's going to... So Dukakis is going to stop talking. It's because behind him is his wife, Kitty, trying to keep her arm around him, and Teddy Kennedy drunk with a martini just (laughs) smoozing up in her ear. So go ahead. People are all laughing about Teddy right now. It's a fact... The Reaganomics works. Reaganomics works. It really does. And uh, I mean, aren't you better off than you were uh, eight years ago? Right. I know I am. Well, how about the rest of you? I wish you weren't, but you are. <laughs> you are better off. And how funny is that? There's no denying it. Well, I'd, I'd like to thank my guests, uh, my running mate, uh, Lloyd Benson, who asked me to remind you that he's, he's still on the ballot for senator down in Texas. <laughs> my other guest, Jane Fonda, Daniel Ortega. Daniel Ortega. And of course, my good friend, Ted Kennedy. Good night. Good night. So they also had Leroy Neiman painting a an aircraft carrier that was turned into some environmental project. They had Joan Baez singing a song about liberals and the liberal way of life and fun, lighthearted, you know, stuff making fun of Democrats. And they don't do that anymore, guys. They don't yeah. do that. Yeah, and I remember back in two thousand, um, you know, when when Al Gore was sighing during the debates, they had a great. Bit right, when they were showing right, him sighing right. and all, you know, that was kind of funny. And yeah, and, and SNL really got away from that. And, and I knew it was really going to be bad in 2016 when Kate McKinnon, who was on the show then and played Hillary, she she was interviewed somewhere and said, "I am not going to do anything that would hurt Hillary's chances to be uh, the nominee." And I said, "That's not comedy, then." You know, you know what? You know what? Real quick, yeah. um, for me, Scott, it changed when Obama got elected. Mm-hmm. They never made fun of Obama. They never gave him a hard time. No, and I think there was, you know, there was certainly some some concerns that if they did, it would be throw, yeah, it would have a right. huge backlash among their core demographic, which is people that are much younger than us. You know, I think the really sad part is it did used to be very good, very intelligent political satire. You know, they had the there was a, a debate in two thousand or in nineteen ninety two, right. That they did, where they brought all the Democrat candidates in, and, they, and it was entitled "The Race to Not Be the Guy to Lose the Bush." Because at the time, <laughs> you're talking about February of 1992, Bush yeah, is, Bush is running at like 85 percent, coming off of Gulf One, and so it used to be something you watch. I can't tell you the last time I watched SNL. I don't bother because it's I know it's I don't such either. Garbage. I mean, yeah. it's, like, it's just not entertaining. And the funny thing about it is, I would think if you were a Democratic politician, you'd want them to poke some lighthearted fun, yeah, and make, you, make more you more human, exactly. I, I think it, I mean, look, George H.W. Bush loved the impersonation by Dana Carvey. Uh, Bob Dole loved uh, when, um, oh, what the heck is his name? Uh, Norm MacDonald. Yeah, right. say Norm MacDonald. Bob, Bob Dole, Bob Dole, Bob Dole. I mean, all these guys, lo- I mean, uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd did a great Jimmy Carter, a great Jimmy Carter. It goes back to Chevy Chase doing Gerald Ford. You know, George H.W. Bush invited, you know, George right, he invited, invited him to, to the White House. No, right? invited him to his birthday party the that's one right. year and had him do a shtick. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I mean, 
That's great stuff. Like, I wish we could get back to making fun of our politicians in a lighthearted but impactful way that everybody can enjoy. And, and you can have sharp elbows, too. I remember uh, they were doing the George H.W. Bush, his victory party, and Willie Horton shows up. You know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, hey, yeah. Willie. Thanks for, no, it was Dukakis. Know? It was Dukakis oh, after dark. Yeah, Willie yeah, Horton that, shows oh, up. the same one. Yeah. And he's dirty dancing with Donna Rice oh, from Gary God. Hart. It's, it's oh, a little, I mean, that's, that, was that stuff oh, is hilarious. Did you ever see the movie The Front Runner? Did you ever check? Oh, you ever oh yeah, absolutely. I, so I, I, I did not. I, I've known Joe Trippy for a while. So right, right. I, I did not. I never had known his role in that particular thing. So no as soon kidding. as I see it, I call him up like, Joe. He's like, oh, Scott, it was so strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, one thing I want to get to real quick. Um, uh, how much time do we have in this segment? Um, about six. Six. Okay. Uh, new poll came out, scenarios with Biden and re-election, according to Politico and Morning Consult. Some things surprise me, okay? Uh, Biden trailing no-name GOP contender by nine points doesn't surprise me. Right. Doesn't surprise me. But he ekes out, this doesn't surprise me either. He ekes out a popular vote win over Donald Trump, 45 to 44. I think he beats Trump in a, in, in a, in a rematch. Mike Pence, he beats 44 to 42. He beats Ted Cruz forty-five to thirty-nine. This surprised me. He defeats Ron DeSantis forty-four to thirty-nine. That hmm. surprised me because I think DeSantis can win. Yeah, those well, those shows those polls are pretty tight, even with Trump. I mean, that's right. well, well very, very within true. the margin of oh, error. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and, and this is still supposed to be the honeymoon phase of any uh, administration. I am a little surprised by the DeSantis numbers, but I don't think he's – I think there are a lot, probably a lot of Trump supporters who are waiting to see how this all shakes out and sort of biding their time. Um, this poll's also uh, very clear, Adam, that uh, if Trump wants to run, he wins the nomination easily. Oh, yeah. yeah I think that probably makes sense. Yeah. Well, and you know, and hopefully we don't have to face that, but I think the you – know, the when you talk about the DeSantis number, I think right. part of that is – you know, while he's he's his name ID now is probably much higher than it was obviously a year ago. Right. It's usually in a lot of media outlets being associated negatively. So it's not right. you know, he hasn't gone out to do a campaign ad to define himself. He hasn't gone out and put together a, you know, a platform. I think the real question you know that the, the polls missing is do the Democrats let Biden run again? Because right. I really don't think they do. I think that the progressive wing looked at this as. We're going to give him as a placeholder so that they don't end up with Trump again because we don't want to run that risk. We can't get away with putting somebody we really want up. But we can get this guy through four years and bootstrap somebody through, you know, maybe nationalize elections like they're doing, find a way to do this. But they don't want Biden again. But how they, what, they, haven't they painted themselves into a corner then? I mean, who, who do they get? Uh, the vice president is not particularly popular. Right. Uh, but you can't kick her to the curb unless she goes unless you i guess put her on the supreme court well, i think <laughs> when you've got but you can't kick her to the, the curb. primary too i think i think you set up with an open primary i still what i think will happen is I think but isn't that isn't that still insulting her and the people that do support her by bad. saying we're not well i know i listen well, no, I, mean, I agree with you i think he runs again george, I think herbert, walker bush, george herbert walker bush did not get handed the nomination he had to run for it and he won and he won it so can you, you know, name one person that ran against him can i name one yeah uh the guy that anderson <laughs> John Anderson. John Anderson. Oh, that was 1980. All right, oh, hey, real quick, real quick. <laughs> I, and I'm, I can't remember it. Didn't Howard Baker run in that race? Real quick. Maybe. Real quick. Uh, top uh, 68% of the poll believe U.S. is on the wrong track. Uh, top issues that it, that are most important to them. Economy, followed by terrorism, border security, law enforcement. 
uh, and then health care. So not exactly a run of liberal issues uh, that people care the most about. I want to skip past that, though. Yesterday, Press Secretary uh, Jen Psaki uh, was asked why Biden had such a light schedule uh, yesterday, being Tuesday. We tape our show on Wednesdays. Uh, and she really struggled coming up with an answer. And then we see pictures on social media of Biden shopping in retail stores and with and then uh, posing with people with a huge ice cream. And I'm just wondering, like, what the hell's going on, Adam? The, the optics, I can't even, you know, even begin to fathom. They're, they're trying thinking. to start a fake war in Ukraine. Yeah, they- OK, <laughs> they're they're in the tank on everything. And this guy's out trying to. Tell it, trying to remind people that he likes ice cream. I mean, they have the worst media group. I mean, even when the when those uh, Jews were being held hostage in um, in Texas, Jen Psaki was tweeting out her admiration of the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, and I'm not saying she needs to sit there and monitor the situation, but maybe just have a little tact and just wait till the crisis is over before tweeting it out while people still have gun, a gun to their head. And same thing here. I mean, he's he's tweeting out that he's eating ice cream cones, and I don't know. We're on the brink of World War Three, and you know, I realize everyone needs a little break, but, but d- don't, don't tweet that. You know, right? Don't right. The thing that's really annoying is we are not on the brink of World War Three. We're not. Okay, so the Ukraine bill we're not even that he's talking to started in April of 2020. Right, right. They're just noticing it now because their poll numbers are cratering like crazy. And, you know, if you go out, if you're if you're Biden right now, you need a distraction. But one of the greatest things, Scott, sorry to cut you off. No, no, that's One okay. of the greatest things <laughs> was uh, today on cable news, somebody from the Biden administration saying we need to care about Ukraine. Like people are asking, why should we care about Ukraine? And this guy's saying we should respect sovereignty of borders. Uh, no. Sovereignty yes. of borders. As, as what do they think about our southern border? It's unbelievable. Yeah, Scott. It, I mean, I mean, what about the Crimean borders? Right. You know, he was vice president then. We didn't look. I think Adam and I are probably simpatico on this. Is that what you're seeing right now is? spinning an existing problem into something that can hopefully distract attention. They tied, they tried to tie Trump to being a Russia file or whatever. And now he's trying to look like he's standing up to Russia to create some, you know, that, that type of a right, you know, aura about himself. It's absolutely bizarre. This administration that told everybody it was ready on day one, isn't ready on day, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, it's just a mess. And uh, could, could Blinken, the secretary of state, Stop talking about his Spotify. <laughs> Could he stop the Secretary of State? Shut the hell up about Spotify and show people you're serious about your job. Yeah, and he's tweeting out of pictures of him in in December at the Beatles Museum in in England, and he look he's in a suit and tie. What looking the hell around. are you doing, that guy, man? First of all, that guy's never listened to a Beatles song in his life. <laughs> you look at him; there is no way he's looking around like you know, like he does. Oh heard, yes, yes. But, he's a Neil Young fan. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but my God, yeah. Again, it's just it's they put it that. Spotify list probably three or four times, and I'm thinking, what is you know what? Who cares? This country's love and and adornment of liberal progressive politicians is absolutely insane to me. And the media, and I, and I know we got a break here, but the media, they're so dumb. Here's why. And and as somebody who worked in the media and then worked in government, if you're on the outside, you are never part of the team. You are a tool. 
You are a tool to be used by the administration. And these guys act like they're part of the team, which is so egregious as a journalist, so unethical. I can't even tell you how sad it is as a former journalist to look at journalism today. And they do it because they want to be supportive and part of the team. And the administration, any presidential or gubernatorial administration, they're just using you. They are using you for outcomes that benefit them. As we go to the break, 1992 uh, presidential primary, uh, Bush, Pat Buchanan. Oh, (laughs) I'm talking 88, 88. David Duke, Pat Paulson, David Duke, Harold Stassen, Pat Paulson, Jack Fleur. And also, and also Ross Perot. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Ross Perot killed George H.W. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's no doubt about that's right. it. But he did, he, did, he did introduce me to one of the most truly amazing people I've ever met in my life. His Veep candidate. Yep. That's right. Cocktail. They made fun of him. They made fun of him. And he had one of the greatest moments during his debate. Why? Who am I? Why am I here? Yeah, right. <laughs> and then they came back to him. He was like, oh, I'm sorry. I shut off my, I shut off my hero. Yeah, the guy was, the guy was <laughs> only great. a war hero, and they made fun of him. I, Anyway, more than a war hero, like he he wrote yeah. a book called the, the the Philosophical Fighter Pilot, and it's about his time in captivity, right? And just he, it literally it opens up with as my as my as the canopy of my chute opened, and I was descending into Vietnam. I decided I would find out whether or not I was truly a stoic. Isn't that something? <laughs> and by the way, I've been thinking like, what the hell's happening? Phil Hartman played him on Saturday Night Live, yeah. and he was hilarious playing hilarious. him on Saturday Night Live. Absolutely, we'll be right back here with Toy Line. Hey gang, welcome back here, Latour Live. Uh, before I get into our game this week, uh, Scott, what the hell is Wordle? Wordle <laughs> irritates me on social media. So Wordle is a, it, basically you have six rows of five empty boxes. Can I just stop you real quick? Yeah. I don't care about your results that you post. I, I just don't care. Don't, care. <laughs> don't read them. <laughs> okay, go ahead. That's, go ahead. Look, the nerds do you do Wordle new? too, Adam? I just started and I'm not good at, I, I actually solved it. Two days in a row, so I'm getting go. a little better. But right. yeah, Scott, what's it about? He's the expert. It's, it's literally just it's, it's a, a mental exercise like playing Scrabble by yourself. You you right. put in the letters. It tells you whether or not they're in the word in the word in the right place or not at all. And then you've got basically six rows to sort of sort it out. And I got to be honest, it takes me ten minutes, and I love it just because it's it's, it's it's validation. Hey, I'm still smart. Like, sounds you know, like <laughs> it actually sounds like Wheel of Fortune, Scott. Kind of, except that you don't have a clue. So you, you're literally there's working. no clue. There's no clue. Do so you have letters beneath there? Yeah. You have a keyboard, and as you, oh. you put it in, so basically, like you, you want to pick a word that uses to start oh. with that uses a bunch of commonly used letters. So and it can be any word. You just yeah. right. that's about five, five letters. letters. It has to be a real five letters. So what does it mean, like four out of six? Or so you got four, you got it in four rows instead of six. 
Okay. And the, and is the, that good a thing? Well, the best score, in my opinion, is two rows. Because if you get it in one row, you just you got lucky, you guessed the word. Right. But if you can do it in two rows, that means whatever you put in the first word, you got it that second time. And that's that, that, that to me, is a championship so you're tr- run. You're trying to fill it out in one row, but you can't figure out what it is, so you start a second row. Right. And it'll give you and, the and letters. Using, so, like, basically, let's say, let's say, I, so the word I usually start with is ratio because it uses R A I. Yeah, I know. That's your first row. Usually, and so, and then that gives me a couple of letters that I know are either in it and they're in the right place, or they're in it and they're not in the right place. So now, if I know they're hmm. not in the right place, I've got to figure out where these other letters can fit in. And then once I've done that, you start playing through. Okay, what words fit that with the letters I have remaining? It's literally just. A mental exercise. I'm still convinced that it's like the last Starfighter that they're putting out there to find code breakers. <laughs> the real champion. And and gonna hire I'm going to oh. get recruited to save the universe <laughs> by my nerd knowledge and the fact that I played Scrabble for about 16 years. Right, 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 right. I, ain't, I ain't getting recruited. <laughs> Adam, Adam, is somebody making money off Wordle? Is there I advertisements? Or? So. There's no advertisements. There's no way this is free. Oh no, they're data mining. No, it's free, and, yeah. the, and the, yeah. I think the the, the draw it's data is, mining. You're right. You only get one. Um, they only give you one word a day, yep. so you, you can't like continue to play. You it, get one, it, and then you're done. Some guy in the UK created it and put it up, and just basically, you know, it's you get one word a day. And I'm convinced at some point, jokingly, I mean, but in all seriousness, I think there's probably some level of data mining. Right. I'm sure there's also if you if if you want to be sinister about it, you are actually learning how people think a little bit. Right. Because if, if I keep playing it, you start building a book. So, All right. Hey, real quick. Um, I'm reading a book called Unmasked about where we were pre-COVID through post-COVID. Mm. And I, I don't think I can finish reading it because I'm so pissed <laughs> off. Can I say that on a radio part? Yeah. I'm so pissed if off. Biden about... can say son of a bitch. I think <laughs> so. <laughs> so real quick. So real quick. Uh, before the pandemic, uh, they obviously tabletopped emergency crisis prep for a um, for a COVID like uh, virus uh, to spread across the earth, and they had over two hundred peer reviewed studies. Look at this, and the one recommendation they had, the one recommendation they had for us as individuals to do during a pandemic was stay at home if a member of your family is infected. That's it. That's it. Not mandatory lockdowns. And not even masks. In fact, all 200 studies never even mentioned masking because everybody knew it was a joke. Fauci used to make fun of masking, by the way. And uh, quite frankly, this whole thing about droplets, well, you know, and we were talking about this last night. Well, you know, if it offers just a little bit of, Mm -hmm. but what people don't talk about and what this book points out is, okay, it might catch a droplet, but droplets aren't. In a vacuum, okay? They're accompanied by countless uh, uh, miniature microscopic droplets that pass right through a mask. It is insane. They all know cloth masks never work. They did it as a, as a mechanism to help people feel safe, I think, more than anything, and to control people. And in doing so, they have created a massive mental health crisis in this country based on masking. My kid has had to go to school every day for two years with a cloth mask on that doesn't work, Scott. No, and look, you know, Adam and I have talked about this on Twitter a bunch of times. If you feel more comfortable with a mask because it makes wear you feel it. Co- wear it, but mm-hmm. it's not. Let, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, we've. If you ever saw the movie Contagion, basically, it's they decided to follow what Contagion said because they figured people would see that in Hollywood and they would be comfortable with it. Adam, Washington Post, 
opinion piece today, headline, schools can now safely make masks optional with CDC's new guidelines. Adam, your thoughts on the authors are an infectious disease physician, hospital epidemiologist at Tufts, associate professor at Tufts School of Medicine, an infectious disease physician, associate professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School, an assistant professor of emergency medicine and director of emergency medicine, infectious disease management at Boston Medical Center. I mean, is that not science, Adam? Uh, no. Well, Twitter tells me. <laughs> liberal. <laughs> no, not at all. Li- liberal Twitter tells me if, it, if the masks even give you just a smidgen of protection. with that one drop. What's the big deal, man? What's Fauci, the big deal? Fauci was emailing everybody, he points out in this book about what a joke masks were what an absolute joke masks yeah. are i think it, it yeah and i agree with you 100 percent. and i i will give the washington post some credit for running that i haven't read the editorial but from what you're telling me it brings up some good points and i'm give them credit for running that editorial because they probably would never have they never would have had the nerve to do that you know uh a year ago at this time all right we got five minutes i want to play a real quick game this is parks's game i had a different game in mind for you guys but this is parks's game and uh, I'm going to bring up a person, and I'm going to say, da-da-da, I would. So if you were that person, what would you do? And you can say anything. Okay, so Adam, we'll start All with right. you. <clears throat> Playing off of this conversation we just had. If I'm Tony Fauci, Adam, I would. Uh, Well, I'd probably retire to my beach house, which he probably has, and right. just get out of this game and turn it over to somebody else because the message is being lost with him. I think he's just he, he he's the one that's probably done it himself. But I think he's too polarizing of a figure. Someone else needs to come in here and run the national uh, uh, reaction to the COVID. Scott, if I'm Joe Biden, I would go get some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> right? right? That's what he wants to do. Might as well just be happy. I mean, look, he's not paying attention to the job. Might as well get some ice cream. Adam. Yes. If I'm Ukraine, not a person, if I'm Ukraine, I would. Putting you on the spot. Oh, man. Um, hunker down. Uh, just, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, Ukraine's not going to be able to compete uh, or, or battle the Russian forces. I think you you sort of run up the white flag and, you know, and, and, and try to come up with some sort of arrangement. I think that's the best you can hope for. Scott. If I'm Josh Shapiro, I would. Wow. Do my job? Uh, <laughs> I mean, literally. Like, look, I, Josh is, is clearly a good candidate, and he runs right. very effectively. But, you know, the situation in Philadelphia, he was given some tools to do something with. And if I were in his shoes, I think that might be the biggest thing that would help stem the bleeding in the collar counties that I think he's, his polling is telling and they're starting to feel. Right. Um, but I guess if I'm actually Josh and I'm playing this as Josh, I probably would bring up abortion a couple more times because I know that does help me. Or the big lie. Or the big lie. (laughs) Well, the big lie is going to be problematic for them because the big lie has now become they're telling everybody that 2022 is going to be illegitimate. But I think, you know, look, if I'm Shapiro right now, actually, I would be doing what Wolf did. I would be defining myself with all that money. Uh, If I were Josh Shapiro, I'd be doing exactly the same thing I'm doing right now because the media doesn't call me on it. Nobody interviews him and asks him a single tough question. He only does national interviews where he can talk about the big lie or abortion. Nobody here in Pennsylvania tracks him down, goes to an event, corners him like the old days where you'd get in a politician's face and you'd start asking questions. I mean, I used to love to do that stuff as yeah. a reporter, and I didn't care if you thought I was a jerk or not because I had a job to do. And now it's just – and I think COVID's hurt journalism in a lot of ways too because people don't want to leave. People don't want to leave the room. People don't want to leave their house. 
you know, along those lines. All right, who's next? Who did I just do? Uh, All right. Adam, if I'm Russia, I would. Uh, I would invade Ukraine. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to stop them. Um, we certainly don't want to get, and doesn't mean to be sure. I don't think Russia should invade Ukraine. I don't think they, it's a good thing for anybody. Uh, but I certainly don't think America is looking for a hot war with Russia. Um, and even, and that's where we're going to end up. If it starts right. with just some, in, some, you know, giving them weapons and training is fine. And then maybe then it's going to creep into air support. And then we'll have some some intelligence officers on the ground. And before you know it, we're going to have boots on the ground. And that, that's a, what they call mission creep, I guess. And that's that's not a good thing. Scott, let me say this for you. <laughs> if I'm Mike Tomlin, <laughs> I would. Well, first off, I try to hire Mike Bunchek to be the offensive line coach. Right. Uh, I would immediately get this guy called uh, from called Steelers Depot on Twitter <laughs> to yeah. do all your personal breakdown. Do my cap. I mean, yeah, the guys yeah. are amazing. Like that that site's amazing. But yep. no, I look. I think Tomlin's got a, two tough decisions he's got to make this offseason, Which is one is can Mike is Canada really the guy you want to have running your offense? And secondly, if he is the guy running your offense, who's the guy that's on the field running that offense right. that can do it? Because clearly, what Canada wanted to do, Ben couldn't do. Right. And where I think Canada failed as a coach is that you had you knew you had been for one more year you knew what he couldn't do stick to what he can do and i think he did try that though but their offensive line was so historically bad it really was. it made it tough it made yeah. it tough well think about this statistic of the nine wins the steelers had this year ben had to bring them back in the fourth quarter in seven, seven times wow you know yep yep so, so next year we're four you know ten and two or whatever you know, we got time for one more how much time uh, we have, go ahead one more quick adam if i'm tom wolf i would Oh, boy. Uh, there's a lot of things I would do if I were Tom Wolf. Resign! Uh, the answer is resign! No, well, go ahead. You know, go that's ahead. not going to happen. No, it, if I'm in Tom Wolf's best interest, I would uh, keep as low a profile as possible uh, right. to help out the Pennsylvania candidates. And I think that's that's actually what he's doing. He's not closing down any of the uh, bars and restaurants and schools because of right. the COVID, uh, because of Omicron. So I love how he's taking credit for the rainy day surplus. Oh yeah, in the budget that Republicans really drove. <laughs> he's already doing his valedictory address. He really is. Uh, he's, it's senioritis. He's like, look, I've done it all that. My, I already got into college. I don't need to do anything else. Right. It's yeah. beautiful. But you're right. Other than to resign, I think if he's trying to help out his party, I would uh, just keep as low a profile as possible. Hey, it's a good game, right? Yeah, yeah, Parks no, pulled like one it. off there, yeah, right? Yeah, right. I didn't right. really think about. You deserve some of these. credit for that. All right, thank you. Because I was going to do uh, these questions suck, which is my favorite bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I figure we'll save that for those guys. Uh, we'll save that for another time. All right, gang. Hey, listen, we're going to be right back here with what we're watching the tour live WHP 580. I look real good today. 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 Jumping out the midley. Rolling in a cast of New Balenci's. Walking with a pocket full of Benji's. I'm a 10 piece. Mommy look good, she from Cuba. All white, like cocaine, cane. Spend a lot of money on my chain. I look real good today. 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 What you watching? What you watching? What you watching on TV? What you watching? What you watching? Time to tell old dealer T. I just love being back in the studio again. It like is it's, nice. The show flows awesome. so much better, does it? Because we can look at each other and play off each other, and there's no mm. awkward 
Can we be in the show in the studio from now on, Parks? I sure. think we need to make that call. Unless something's up and I'm traveling or something, I think we need to be. I think we need to be in the studio for all future shows. It's time to get back on the horse. Well, it's okay with these two. It would yeah. depend on your other guest. You know, like, can we well, get, screw them. Can if we, they, like, if you like, can't be in the studio, you are not on the show. Like Dennis Owens, we'd, we'd have to do MapQuest and, uh, <laughs> and, and bring him over here and everything. That's true. All right, we only got five minutes because we ran way over. All right, uh, Scott Paterno, uber lobbyist, uber lawyer, Mike Tomlin loyalist. Apologist. You, now loyalist, now loyalist. What are you watching? You know, I just I just cut the cord from uh, DirecTV and picked up a couple of new streaming services. So one of them that I picked up was... Um, Peacock, and they had that Dan yeah. Brown lost symbol thing. Yes. What did you think? I thought it was basically the Da Vinci Code in America. Like it yeah. really, it was so derivative. That I, you know, I, that was watchable. But like as I'm watching, I'm like I know what this. Is. I am so with you. It was watchable, and I was kind of disappointed to be Very honest with you. It could, it should have been edgier. It felt like it belonged on like. Saturday night at eight o'clock on NBC, yeah. like it was just very yeah. sanitized. I, think. I read the book and I didn't have any desire to see the well, show. <laughs> you know what's funny is the reason why the, the I love Dan Brown in history. Oh, yeah. We love history. Well, yeah, the, the reason why Dan, the reason why Tom Hanks and and Ron Howard didn't make this one is they said to him, "It's too derivative of the other two we already right, made." Right, right. So, but other sense. than that, you know, I mean, I enjoyed it. The other thing that I, I started watching again was a show called Evil. Huh. Uh, that I love. Is that Netflix? No, that's Paramount. I, I, I just mm. it's it's about this woman who is uh, a psychologist and she's working with a, a, a rising a guy that's going to be a priest and they're investigating like paranormal activity and it's evil and getting to the yeah. I it sounds it. cool. It's very on cool. Paramount Plus. Yep, and it doesn't feel like it should be on CBS with commercial breaks. The first season will because it was the second season. No, not at all. Legit. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. Okay. All right. Adam Klein. Lover of Jalen Hurts. Uh, I don't know how you think the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl before the Steelers. Uh, you only won, you only won one in about fifty-five years, and you're going to win another one. But before we won us. one more recently than yeah, you guys. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, you, you, lightning in a bottle. By hey, the way, you know, give me a break. Guys. All right, what are you, you know? watching? What are you um, watching? All right, so uh, Book of Boba Fett. Uh, we Book you've of been Boba over Fett that. sucks. It's, horrible. It's, horrible. it's the best. It, it, it comes so close to having some really good moments, and they destroy it. Um, yes. I, I, it's barely watchable, but I love I love Star Wars, so I'll watch it. Me I'm not too. Complain. I'll watch a new episode tonight. I'm going to watch it. I'm two episodes behind, and I just don't uh, even care. Yeah. <laughs> Why <laughs> does everything have to be on Tatooine? Well, and then the actor, they, they there's an interview with him, uh, the guy that plays Boba He's Fett. pissed. Yeah, he said, why am I talking so much in this show? He told the director <laughs> and the writer, goes, I shouldn't be talking this much. Boba Fett doesn't, he had like nine words in the in yeah, the original and, trilogy. And, and, yeah. And they just said, no, nah, this is the way we're doing it. So, um, yeah, so I'll muddle through that. Um, I watch uh, Euphoria on HBO Max season two. Isn't that, that a high school, like, and there's nudity in it? That yeah. kind of creeps me out. Uh, well, yeah, well, all the actors are like 27, 28. So, yeah. But, uh, no, it's a really good show. Is um, it really? I like it. Are, are, I like aren't it. you, like, sort of a creepy well, that's to watch beside, that as an older man. That's beside the point. You know? <laughs> right, all right. But, you know, it helps, but you don't have to be a creepy perv to like the show. Okay, all right, okay. This, this is going to be broken up into little sound bites or something. Right, in the right, you're episodes. in trouble. Uh, Supreme and, Court. Yeah, yeah. let's think about it. And then finally, I did. I was watching last night, I haven't finished it, a 30 for 30. You guys may have already seen this on the Buffalo Bills on their four oh, yeah, losses sure, on the yeah. Super Bowl. And yeah. I, I've never seen that one, and it seemed appropriate to watch it. And right. that is a really fantastic Those poor uh, Bills doc. fans. Uh, I think they're going to win one with Josh uh, Allen. I think it goes without yeah. saying. But, you know, in, in the say? NFL, to get that close, everybody just assumes you're going to be right back. 
Tell that to Dan Marino. Uh, and you forget about you know? Thurman Thomas losing his helmet. Yeah, you know? just, just, everything just could go wrong. It was it's really great. And, and, this, and the Bills have a ton of like stuff they got to bring back. So it's, and they're about to lose their offensive coordinator and their quarterbacks coach uh, too. Going to New York Giants. Yeah, that was tough. a soft spot. In my heart. And for of course that team. the Steelers are going to win it next year. So it's, I'm with it's you. Already out of the way. I'm with you. Despite Mike Tomlin. All right. Here's what I'm watching. <laughs> 1883 on Paramount Plus by uh, Taylor Sheridan, who did uh, Yellowstone. Here's my problem with Taylor Sheridan. Uh, 1883, like every bit of dialogue is like a speech on the human condition. Like it just can't be like two people out in the Old West trying to get to Oregon and saying, damn, it's hot out today. No, it's got to be about the human condition and how the world is against us and blah, 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 blah. Like these long speeches soliloquies about life and it's just like they're trying to get to oregon can you get back to talking like real people but the drama itself is gritty you know i like the drama itself it's just all the speech making i could do without or at least reduce it ozark is out on netflix um very scary stuff again like you never know what's going to happen everybody looks like they're going to turn on everybody that's a show who's writing has never fallen off. I loved the great line in season one where they, uh, where the couple that grew the heroin in their in their farm fields, uh, they shoot Isaiah uh, Morales and <laughs> Jason Bateman's like, "What did you do? The Mexicans are gonna kill us." He goes, "Son." One thing I learned about Mexicans, if you kill one, they send another. <laughs> you know? it's, like, it's like these guys are like true Ozark Southern people, you know, and it's just absolutely bizarre. And the writing, I think, is just so great and rich, and I love it. And then another piece of great writing is uh, season three of Afterlife on Netflix. Mm. I absolutely think it's the best show on television. And the fact that they're 30 minutes apiece, yeah, you just roll right through that. it. Nothing... I, I, He's just, Ricky Gervais is just, I said this last week, he's so gifted. I mean, he's so funny. The show is so funny and poignant and sad all at the same time. And you're just like, I wish I could do something like that. It's really cool. Mm. Hey, listen, it's great to have you guys back in the studio. Thanks for coming in. Let's do it again. We'll do it again. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, For being on the show. I will. I, I've got you both Stroop waffles. I, I, you know, Scott has harassed me about that, but that was the tradition pre-pandemic. Is I would oh. give our guests Stroop waffles, so you guys each get a Stroop waffle. It ain't exactly like getting a car on the Prices Right for being on, but you get Stroop <laughs> waffles. Nice. So, Parksy, we'll see you here next week. Me and Parks, just me and Parks. Doing the 200th episode, yes. we're going to look back in some of our greatest bits. I have a feeling these two guys will be involved uh, at some point. We're going to hear one of our old bits with them. So, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, gang, thanks for joining Latour Live. We'll see you next week for episode 200. Latour Live, WHP 580.